For me to live is Christ For me to die is gain Every moment in between There'll be joy and there'll be pain I can't worry about the future Or change a thing about my past I've got this moment to believe And I'm gonna make it last I am filled To be emptied This is Pastor Michael Rogers from The Jar at 702 H Street Northeast in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. Sometimes, whenever we admit that we don't know something, uh, we feel vulnerable. We feel like maybe there's something wrong with us that we don't know it already. We feel like maybe there is something that we should have done better or should have done different that would give us the knowledge. And so we are too embarrassed to ask the question. That's just true. Sometimes we're just too embarrassed to ask the questions. Wouldn't it be great to know that if God came down on earth, and spent time as a human being that he would ask questions to. Wouldn't it be great to know that when we started asking questions, we were actually in some ways following our savior and it would give us an opportunity then to not be so embarrassed because if the God of the universe can come as a human being and ask questions, who am I to get embarrassed about asking a question or two? So, one of the things that we want you to do today is we want you, we, every week we have a consider question, and this is just a chance for you to ponder for yourself. You don't have to talk to anybody. You don't have to say anything out loud. But we have a question that we always ask you to consider for 10 or 15 seconds to get you prepared for what we are teaching today. And that question today is, what is one question you would like to ask about God? All right, remember that question because we're going to come to it at the end. Yes, we are. <clears throat> All right, so we are going to be in Luke. <clears throat> Excuse me, Luke chapter 2. Mm -hmm. Luke chapter 2 is in the New Testament. Luke is in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Um, if you didn't bring a Bible, there are Bibles underneath your table, or you can pull it up on your YouVersion app right. um, and follow along with us. We will be in the New Living Translation yes. today. Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. So the story that we're going to tell today um, is basically about Jesus speaking with the religious teachers, but he's only 12 years old. <laughs> he's only 12 years old. Yes. And this is a pretty amazing story. I mean, it's a story of faith, frustration, reunion, yes. all of those things. And there's a lot packed in this story that we believe Mary shared with Luke, yes. right? And told him, hey, I got to share this story with you. It's important. Write it down. And so I think there's a lot that can be learned, but we're really going to focus on verses 46 and 47 yes. today. But as we go into this story, too, a lot of times you'll hear this story, especially if you're an already believer or you grew up in the church or you went to Sunday school back in the day like I did. Um, there's a lot of paintings and pictures that are depicted of this story where Jesus is a 12-year-old boy with a halo over his head and he's yeah. sitting amongst all of these scholars right and he's divine and although there is some there's some truth to that statement really 
in this, in this particular story, Jesus has not at this point done any miracles. Right. He doesn't do his first miracle, which John tells us about, which is him turning water into wine at the, mar the wedding, wedding feast of Canaan. Of Canaan. Mm -hmm. yes. So he really hasn't done any miracles up to this point. At this point, he is just a 12-year-old boy becoming a man. Yes. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that here in just a minute. But um, we need to remember that Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2 that when Jesus came to earth, he made himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And in Hebrews chapter 2, it further tells us that Jesus subjected himself to temptation just as every man is tempted. In other words, he went through everything he went through, right? <laughs> right? right. Yes, he was fully human and he was fully divine. But in this story, he's not necessarily a superman right. or a superhero, right? He is learning just like you and I learn. And he's processing like you and I process. You know, <clears throat> up to this point, he's been fed. He was fed as a baby like you and I were. His diapers were changed. He was potty trained. Probably, learned all probably, those things. Mom probably had to grab him before he ran out in front of a wagon or a horse or something. Like, <laughs> Did they have wagons? Yeah, something? I'm sure they were okay. wagons back then. <laughs> right? So he's gone through all the things up to this point that we have um, right. gone through. But um, the truth is, is, no matter how, as we get into this, we're going to start. There's three points to, we actually have three points today. Yeah. Three points in a sermon today. Yeah. That um, means it should let, not last as long. So. <laughs> But, but the key thing here is that we're going to find out that Jesus not only shows us that it's okay to ask questions, but he's also kind of giving us a glimpse of what his ministry is going to be all about oh, yes, 18 yes. years in the future when he turns 30 and begins and does his first miracle. So if you are in Luke chapter 2, verses 41, say amen. amen. Okay, I'm going to stand up to read that yes. so I don't get it wrong. Yeah. Okay, so every year, <clears throat> Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. And after the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. Now, I want to talk about this trip first real quick, mm -hmm. because this isn't just any normal trip. Right. Passover was celebrated, but there were also two other festivals. There were three festivals altogether that were really of high importance in the Jewish culture and Passover was definitely one of those and if you were a male ages 12 or over you were expected to attend the women didn't necessarily go all the time but there were whole families that went right and if the women went a lot of times they do like you and I do when we who's in charge of packing when it comes time for vacation <laughs> right so <clears throat> of course Mary here she's packing up their you know their their food their water everything their snacks <laughs> right, whatever they need for the trip. But the thing is about this trip that's different is this is not a vacation. Right. This is three days of journey on foot, three days of journey back. Yeah. And then there are, I think it's eight, eight days <laughs> of total worship altogether. They're worshiping God, they're learning, they're celebrating, all of those things. So it's not just a vacation. This is, an, this is kind of a, a, a faith journey, right? It's a, it's right. a trip. And so it was, um, it was a big deal. And it was a time for renewal and revival mm -hmm. for them to see each other it, as a It was family. a reminder that God was with them when they were in Egypt, that God saved them from Pharaoh, and that God can still save them today. Mm -hmm. So imagine he's the Messiah, he's 12 years old, and he's going to a, 
a feast that is a type of his sacrifice that he's going to do years later. Right. So the first thing we want to point out is that Jesus was given a wonderful foundation yes. of faith. Right? Because Luke tells us later on in Luke chapter 4, each week they went to their local synagogue for praise, prayer, and, and, and proclamation of the word. In other words, the synagogues were what we are doing now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What we would call it's church very now. Similar very similar. Very similar. And so they would go there every week to their synagogue, and then they would travel three times a year to the temple, okay? So <clears throat> this was a solid foundation of faith that was given by his family. You know, they had decided to make sure that Jesus was at every Passover every year. Mm -hmm. So um, let's go on to read what happens. So starting in 43 again. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents, Mary and Joseph, didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. Can you imagine that? You've been given one job, just raise the Messiah. And, and all of a sudden you look around and like, where's Jesus? Anybody see Jesus? Where's Jesus? What's going on? Wait, wait, what? Oh, God, you gave him to us and now we lost him. What do we do now? Um, but there are some good reasons for that, aren't right. there? Right, that's right. Yeah. You want to talk about that or you want well, me to? Well, you go ahead and tell them that part. Okay. So basically, you know, nowadays if we lost a 12-year-old for 24 hours, we'd be calling the cops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? That yeah. would have been scary. Like, that would have been not good. And it wouldn't have been good for Mary or Joseph either. CPS would have been called. Yeah. Cops would have been called. <laughs> it could have been <laughs> right? a big it wouldn't mess. Have been, right. It wouldn't have been good. But here's the thing about Jewish culture, and that's we're going to be talking about that a lot, a lot about in 2024 when we talk about the Old Testament and how it relates to Jesus this year. But in the Jewish culture, whenever they took this trip to and from the Passover and, and the other two festivals, all of the women would be in front of the caravan yes. and all of the men would be in the back of the caravan. Okay? And that was to protect the women and children. Right. So... Right. Basically, Mary would have been in the front with all the women, just right, and all the men would have been back going because y'all men talk as much as us women. I was wondering how that was going to go. What you say? All right, and so they're back there doing their thing. So probably in Mary Joseph's mind, Mary thinks that Jesus is with Joseph, and Joseph thinks that Jesus is with Mary. Maybe. Yeah, he probably does. Well, he's like, well, but, remember, know, this is a transition period. That's a good time for us to talk yes. about that. This is a transition period for Jesus. You see, in the 13th year of a Jewish boy's life, he would go through what was called the bar mitzvah, which just means son of commandment. And his job is basically to have memorized the first five books of the Bible, what we call the Bible. It was called the Torah back then. But he needed to know the Torah and he needed to know the prophets. And there were different questions they had to answer and, and things. And when he went through that ritual, he became a man. So sometime between the 12th birthday and the 13th birthday, most of the time, uh, a, a young boy was then considered a man. So it is very possible that when Jesus is brought to this festival, either he had gone through his bar mitzvah before the festival or during the festival, and he's now considered an adult. But this is brand new to mom and dad. So mom is thinking, oh, isn't that sweet? Oh, and he's he's the with the men. Yeah, and he's the firstborn. We always mess so, up the firstborn. Right, that's, that's true. Our firstborn. We, we'd always tell our first, we'd look at our firstborn and say, there's three more months of therapy we're gonna pay for. <laughs> um, but so Mary's thinking, well, that's sweet. He's a man now, so he's with Joseph. And Joseph is thinking, oh, that's sweet. 
he could be with the men, but he decided to be with mom one more He'd time. Protect mom. And so that's why. But that's yeah. also why he could be gone for three days and there not be any alarm because he's now a man. He has the right to make those decisions himself. And so if he wants to stay at the temple for three days, he can. Right. So the teachers would not have been like, where are your parents? They would have been, are you a bar mitzvah or son of the commandment? Yes, I am. Okay. We're glad you're here. So let's see what happens. I'm going to stand up again. Okay. So go back to 45. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, and whew, I can only imagine. <laughs> I'd have been scared to death. Three days later, they finally discovered him where? In the temple. Yes. Sitting among the religious leaders. And what was he doing? He was listening, listening to them and, and, and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers, right? So one of the things that we talked about this morning, too, was that when they come together for these festivals, all of, it's not just any, it's all the religious leaders, yeah. right? So you're yeah. talking about people who have been doing years and years of wisdom, Yes. Coming together. All of the biggest rabbis, right. all the biggest names. Right. Um, this part of the Sanhedrin, because the Sanhedrin was there in, in Jerusalem. So he probably had people from the Jewish council who was the, who were there. Think about all of the well-known preachers and teachers of our time right now, all collected into one spot. Yeah, it's like, it's like going to you a know? Christian conference and your 12-year-old stays behind to have conversation <laughs> with them. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, wow. Okay. So... He's there, and these men are probably five times older than he is. But notice, he doesn't let his age affect him. Yes. He goes in, he sits down, and he doesn't go in. Now, it doesn't say he goes in and he starts asking a bunch of questions. Why are you doing this this way? Why are you doing that that way? I don't believe in that. This is what we need to do. That's not what he does, is it? Especially, especially because they probably were had right. conversations about the Messiah. Right. They probably they were, were probably going. This is what the Messiah is going to look like. This yeah. is how he's going to act, and this is what he's going to do for Israel when he gets here. They're talking about him. Yeah. And he's sitting right there. And he knows. Right. So he doesn't do that. He first listens. Yes. And I think there's a couple things there. Yeah. One is that he's listening to learn. What are they thinking that, who do they think I am? Mm. How do they think I've arrived? What are they expecting, right? Because he knows that he's going to be going into the ministry. He knows he's going to be doing what God has asked, his father has asked him to do. And so he's, he's got to understand the people that he's ministering yeah. to, yeah. right? And a short 20 years later, these same Jewish leaders mm -hmm. possibly are going to crucify him. Right. And so he's sitting in there, and he's learning from them right now. But he's going to be the master and teacher down That's the right. road. So then, late, but then it also says he asked the questions. Now here's mm -hmm. this is God. Yeah. He knows the answers. Yeah. But he's asking questions anyways, and I think this is so beautiful because it gives us a glimpse of Jesus' ministry mm -hmm. in 18 years. Absolutely. Because when we talk, I love Jesus' style. I love the way he does things, and we've talked about this many times, but he never goes in and thumps the word on people. He never goes in and says, you're getting it wrong, right? When he does his ministry, he goes, he eats, he sits down with the people, he listens and assesses first, 
And then when they ask him questions, what does he do? He, he asks typically asks back. them questions back. Right? Yeah. So yeah. this is giving you a glimpse of what his ministry is going to be like by listening and then asking questions. Absolutely. So he was not afraid to ask questions. Ask questions. That's right. Now it also says, if, if look after it says it's asking questions in verse forty-seven, it says all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Um, and and I love how they they put that together, his understanding and his answers, because the Greek there is sunesis. And what it means is what we would call connecting the dots. So what Jesus was doing was he was uh, taking everything that they were talking about and he would take something that was said over here and a scripture over here and something somebody else said over here and he would connect the dots and say, does it, does it mean this? And they'd go, oh my goodness, how is a 12-year-old able to connect the dots this way? That's the kind of perplexion, per perplexing, did I just make up a new word? <laughs> I think so. <clears throat> It, that's the kind of perplexed that they were, is that they were trying to figure out how can a 12-year-old who has just become a son of the commandment know how to connect all of these dots together? But that's important for us to know. Jesus learned to connect the dots. He didn't just listen, and he didn't just ask questions, and he didn't just receive answers. He then took the answers to the questions that he was asking, and he connected the dots to the things that he knew before. And that helps us to get a sense in our minds of how best we can learn. Because one of the things that Jesus did when he came as a human being was to show us how to be human beings. He, he, he was showing us a better way. And he was saying, you know, that's why um, the disciples were called Talmudim, because their job was to do and learn everything about what he was doing. Not just what he was teaching. They didn't just come to class. They really needed to know everything about who he was. And so... He's looking at that and he's connecting all the dots and it, he's, he's showing us, this is how you learn too. You not only need to listen, you not only need to be unembarrassed to ask questions, you also need to be willing to connect the dots between what you have known in the past and what you have just learned. That's right. So let's go on. So he's sitting there and they're all amazed. In verse 48, his parents didn't know what to think. <laughs> Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. I think Luke was kind of nice there. You know, <laughs> she, she was probably not happy with him, right? right. So right. I think it was a combination of that emotion plus the fact, like I said earlier, can you imagine you find your 12-year-old sitting amongst the greatest pastors and teachers and leaders of the time, and, and you're like, what? And they and know you haven't been here for three days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh, hey, oh, Jesus, what do you think? Man, I was really worried about you. <laughs> right. So, I mean, so what's Jesus say? Verse 49. But why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house, or as some translations say, be about my father's business? But they didn't understand what he meant. Yeah. Now, I am a storyteller myself, and so a lot of times whenever I look at Scripture, I think from the storyteller's perspective. And here's Luke, who, uh, who came to Christ through Paul, and so he came to Christ after Jesus had already ascended. He never saw the risen Christ. He's going back and collecting stories from everyone that he thinks might be important for the world to know. And one of the stories is this one. <coughs> Who probably had to tell this story? Well, Joseph has been gone for a long time, and Jesus is not there to ask, so it must have been Mary. And if Mary is the storyteller, then I can think of two reasons. I put myself in Mary's place. I can think of two reasons why she might have told this story. 
The first one is she's probably also the one that told the story about the virgin birth, and she's probably the one that gave him the Magnificat, which is her prayer. And and um, and man, that makes Mary look really good, doesn't it? She believed him right away. She uh, she risked everything to have him. She praised God in ways that we still use today to praise God. And so this could have been Mary humbly saying, but I didn't always get it. I didn't always understand. You know, he, he had been my son for 12 years, and after a while, he was just my son. And all of a sudden, he does this thing. And of course, I should have expected it if I remembered who he was, but I didn't. I just was surprised that he was gone, and I was scared, and I just went and found him. So that, that's one reason. It may be that she's showing her humility by sharing the story. But the other piece may be, it says that... Uh, it says in verse 50, but they didn't understand what he meant. And what the scripture means there is that they were, they were perplexed. They were kind of put off like they didn't know what to do with that information. And so what I think is possible is that they, maybe they did kind of remember that he was the Messiah, but they didn't know what it meant yet. What they didn't know is if Jesus knew he was the Messiah. And when Jesus says, why did you look for me anywhere else? You should have come here. Didn't you know I would have to be about my father's business? I'd have to be in my father's house. And it, for the first time, helped them to realize he knows. <laughs> it, yeah. Like, oh, my goodness. We, That's right. What do we do now? Because now that he knows, we can't hide it from him. And we don't even know what it means. So we can't teach him what to do. All we can do is what we've always done, which is give him that firm foundation in the faith and in the understanding of the law and to make sure that he is sinless. That's the only thing that they can do. So I, I, in my mind, it's probably a little of both. It's probably Mary's humility and it's also letting her know that when Jesus was 12, he had an idea who he was. Yeah, yeah. I think another piece of that too that we talked about um, was the fact that, and as we're going into 2024, we're going to be talking and going through the Old Testament. Yes. Parts of the Old Testament stories together and linking them to the coming of Jesus and how it all fits together. Right. And just like Samuel, just like Daniel, just like Joseph and David, right, Jesus was open to the teachings of his heavenly Father. Yes. He was willing to listen. Um, he did not let age stop him. Right. He didn't let anything stop him. Fame, status right, right. age he went in there at the to same learn. time mocking um mm -hmm. you know attacks uh slander nothing would stop him. and so i think some of the other part of not understanding had to do with the fact that right here we get another little glimpse of jesus's ministry and what i mean by that is he is teaching not from an earthly he doesn't teach from an earthly perspective right he teaches from a heavenly perspective yes and so he's saying oh mom and dad <laughs> yeah, I'm not it. here yeah. for this plan. You know what I mean? I'm not looking at things from an earthly perspective. I'm looking at them from a heavenly perspective. Right. What is to come and my kingdom that's going to come because of me. And so it's so much bigger than just what Mary and Joseph or the people of the time could see. And he already was seeing that. That's right. right? And, and so if we're his Talmudim, if we are his disciples and our job is to be like him, then what we need to recognize is that what he's teaching us is to have a heavenly perspective. But how many of you know you can be so heavenly minded you're no earthly good? You have to take that heavenly perspective and bring it back with you. Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians. He says, once we regarded everyone according to the flesh, 
We even regarded Christ that way. But now we see them from that. And he doesn't say it exactly this way, but from that heavenly perspective. And so he has made us ministers of reconciliation. Now we are the ones who are going out and telling everyone because we see them from a heavenly perspective. We see them for who they are, but we also see them through the love of God and how much he wants them to have more than what the world can give them. Right. Look how our, our story ends in 52. Yes. They basically go back, and he obeys well, his don't, parents. Don't skip 51. Okay. Yeah. So then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Oh, yeah, that's right. And his mm -hmm. mother stored all these things in her heart. That's right? right. So all the things that she's just seen and witnessed, she stores those in her heart. Because that's what us mamas do. Yeah. Right? She sees that this is more than her baby again. This, he's got purpose. And he's here for a reason that he's chosen. I think my microphone is going crazy because I'm starting to lose it. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going right. to talk really fast. Um, no, I'll be good. This phrase, and his mother stored all these things in her heart, is the second time we've seen this phrase. The first time was at the virgin birth. Whenever the shepherds come and worship him and they leave, it says Mary pondered all of these things in her heart. And so here she is pondering as well. And that's, that's probably just a view of, of a mama who's seeing all of these things and, and going, hmm. Because mm -hmm. hmm. guys, how many of you know most of the time the girls figure it out before us? And we go, what? I don't understand. <laughs> what? You know? When, uh, when we uh, let uh, Carrie's mom and dad know that we were pregnant with our firstborn, her mother went, yeah. Probably, yeah. I, I, I expected that was what was going on. Her dad was like, wait, what? 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 I don't understand. What? I'm going to be a grandpa. I'm going to be a grandpa? <laughs> yes, yes, you're going to be a grandpa. Um, she is letting us know that. She sees these things, and she sees that there's a change coming. There's a difference coming. But she also, as a mama, wanted to make sure that Luke understood that this was not a disobedient child. He didn't do anything wrong. He was submissive to them. Even after this, when he came home, he comes home, he's a man now, he can do something, in some ways he can do what he wants, but he was still submissive to his parents uh, so that Luke would understand this was not a bad kid who had done a bad right. thing. That's this was the Messiah doing things his way, and she had to ponder those things in her heart. That's right. So now, so now, 52, to go along with what you said earlier, <coughs> Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all, and when the Bible says all, what does all mean? All means all. all, means all. all. With God and all the people. So today our B, here at the jar, we always give you a B. Mm -hmm. It's usually a verb, something to do. Yes. Right? So be willing to do what it takes to learn. Yeah. Whether you're 12, 20, 30, 40, 50 and up, are you willing to ask the questions? Do you feel comfortable in talking about the Bible and God and if you don't feel that way, then ask yourself, why not? Mm -hmm. What would be the reason that you would give the Lord today to not be able to talk about the Bible or to spend time with other people who are more knowledgeable than you, yes. that are above you, that know more, right? And just want you to take the time. God wants you to reflect on that in your heart and ask those questions today. Some of the greatest preachers and teachers and witnesses of the word never had a formal education. Mm -hmm. We don't have to have a PhD to be a scholar in God's word. Yes. All we have to do is set aside the time, have the passion and want to know in our hearts, open our hearts, our minds, and open your soul to the Holy Spirit. 
right? And all we have to do is have the desire to be like Jesus. That way we can give a foundation of faith to our children, our grandchildren, nieces, nephews, coworkers, friends, right? <laughs> Just like Jesus, give a wonderful foundation of faith. Be willing to not be afraid to ask questions and connect the dots. Yeah. Connect the dots. We're going to be connecting the dots in 2024. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Steve says, he says, if you're going to work in his church, you got to be fat. You got to be faithful, available, and teachable. Well, here at the jar, you have to be fat. So <clears throat> you have to be faithful and available and teachable, and you have to be willing to share with others. And so that, that's what we want you to see is that the things that you are learning here at the JAR are not meant only for you. And so sometimes I've talked about the idea that you listen with two ears. One ear you listen to for yourself because there's probably something in the, in the message that you need to think about and change your perspective so that it's more heavenly than earthly. But at the same time, listen with the other ear for someone else. There may be something that you learn that someone else needs to know. Now, please do us a favor. If you hear something that someone else needs to learn, don't rip them in the service. <laughs> Say, hey, you need to hear this. That isn't helpful, wives. That isn't helpful. <laughs> right? However, there are loving ways for us to share what we know someone else needs. And that's part of being a disciple maker and not just a disciple is learning how to share that with others. One of the things that we noticed, and just wrap this up before we go into reflection, is that we noticed that we talked about the synagogue earlier and there were five things that were done in the synagogue um, there was prayer yes. singing of songs looking at the or proclamation of the word yes um education and i can't remember what the fifth the fifth one yeah. was i just yeah. lost you got it. it in your notes but basically it was sunday school <clears throat> and what we consider sunday morning service all wrapped up in, all wrapped one. in one which right is exactly what we're trying to do at the right. jar Yes. We, real, we just realized in this study that we're bringing back the synagogue <laughs> by putting ourselves. So if you've not been with us before, when we, get, when we finish with this part, everything so far has been everything you might see in any service in any church in uh, Ardmore. But, uh, but at the end of this, we will have what we call conversation. And that is an opportunity for us to ask some questions of each other and to figure out how we want to apply what we just learned. Not just to our lives, but also in the lives of the people around us. And that's us. what they did in the synagogues. To be filled, to be emptied. That's right. That's right. We want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Jar with Pastors Michael and Carrie Rogers. If you'd like to support our mission, you can go to www.thejarministries.net and look for the Give button in the top right. Your sponsorship allows us to continue ministering to the least of us in our great city of Ardmore, Oklahoma. Thank you so much. I am filled To be 